Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetta with Trog Trogden. Last week, we were talking about um, this incredible journey um, of the men that God has brought into your life. Um, discipled you, trained you, coached you up. Um, Mike Fetchner, right? And you got Jared yep. Stevens, right? Yep. You've, you've got some incredible things. But then you got um, to Josh Rolfe. Yeah. And you were you were going to say um, that he had some questions for you. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of move from the story of where we were into the practical sure. as a guy, right? What What yeah. are those questions, and what are the questions I need to be asking, and how do I how do I get on that journey of life? Yeah. Right. So that I can be moving from where I am to where God wants me to be. So yeah. what were the questions that, that Josh introduced well, you to? No, that, so they've morphed a little bit. Okay. I, I now call them the five questions or the five method, five question method of discipleship. Love it. Okay. Um, so essentially, I break it down through a Bible verse, which we all know. Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, yep. and to love your neighbors yourself. Amen. So if you break those down into two sections— we call the first one the inward man or quiet time. Mm-hmm. So this is Bible study, um, meditation on the Word of God, not just memorization, and then application. Because in okay. John 15, he says, uh, is my summary, abiding is obeying. Yeah. We don't get to abide in Christ without obedience. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. This, yeah. is, this is all John 15. Yeah. And so yeah. we, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your obedience. Exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. The, whole, the whole thing was about, and, and, and the obedience and the abiding was because that's what brings the fruit of him through our lives, which is, which is not only what's best for us, yep. which is, which is kind of cool, yep. right? But it's best for everybody around us, too. 100%. It's I, so cool. I use the analogy of uh, a sports car. Let's say you had a Ferrari in your garage. Yep. Would you be content with just reading the manual, or do you want to drive at 90 miles an hour around a 90-degree turn? Amen. And so I think— that's, that's, what, here's the deal. that's what it's made for. That's it. Which is, which is my life verse, Jeremiah 12.5. There you go. Okay, where, where Jeremiah is complaining to God, and God says, hey, listen, if you've run with, with men on foot and they've worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? Yes. And if you've stumbled in the safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Yes. And what he's saying is, Trog— I made you to be a Ferrari. That's right. But here's the deal. With, with, with uh, you know, sort of a, a condition. Yeah. You're a Ferrari. For him. For him. That's it. Right? Yeah. You're, 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 a, you're a Chevy Nova without him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm more like a moped. Yeah, a like, moped, I'm like yeah. a dumb and yeah. dumber moped. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a great yeah. part. Oh, right? Oh, my hilarious. goodness. That was so funny, right? Dry, going to, trying to get to Colorado and end up in Kansas. Yeah. But you're right. But that's the cool thing is, and, and even though the Christian life doesn't look like a Ferrari, right. can, I, can I tell you, it is. It is. Because the ability to, to walk through this life with peace and patience and yeah. kindness and goodness and understanding is such an otherworldly concept. I just had uh, lunch with a friend and he was talking about a buddy of his who's got a nine-year-old son yeah. uh, and they just got a diagnosis of cancer. Wow. Right? For a nine-year-old son. And the, and the concept is, is, listen, if you don't have Christ, can I tell you, your moped does not know how to handle that. doesn't. You have no concept of what that means. How does yeah. that make sense? Right. Right, it, yep. it crushes you under the weight yes. of eternity. Yes, but if you've got an eternal God, all of a sudden those things that should crush you draw you closer to Him. That's and right. And He says, "Hey, hey, here's the deal. That's not the end of the story. That's right. Now it's going to be a really rough part of the story. Sure, but it's not the end of the story because He has suffered with us. That's right. And so He knows what we're going to go through. He's going to walk through it with us. And then, right, if we know 
God through Jesus Christ, right? This That's isn't it. the end of the story anyway. Right. This life leads us to him. And you're spot on. And I, I think that he wants us. I, I would never put experience over the scriptures because that would be wrong. But he does want us to experience him through the scriptures. Yes. And when we obey, yep. we're experiencing it. I, I, like, I think about uh, Peter. If Peter, when Jesus said, come, yeah. if he would not have gotten out of the boat, he wouldn't have walked on water. Right. But after he walked on water and experienced God's goodness, he will never forget it. There's, there are some things you can't unsee, yep. and he will never unsee that. And yep. I think the Lord is waiting for us to obey so that we, we don't walk away from a God that we know personally, yep. we, for, from Jesus who is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We may walk away from an idea, yeah. a thought, even a, a mental belief, but we don't walk away from a, a God we know yeah. in Christ Jesus. True. And this is where obedience comes. Yeah, I, I tell my kids this, right? So you know, I've, I've got you know four kids, and, yeah. and my thing is, listen, here's the deal. You can walk away from me, and you could live a lifestyle that's not a Panetti lifestyle. You, you can, but here's the deal. You can never not be my son or daughter. That's right. So if you know God in that personal way, um, the whole idea of like, well, I can walk it. It's like not not when you know him, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, the prodigal son who like yeah. walks away and eventually comes back, and the father's waiting for him. It's like, you know, you, this is your home. That's right, right? And so, right. And, like, you've got to know God in that intimate, That's right. personal way. That's right. So that as the world tries to tear you away, it's kind of like, well, where am I going to go? Right. Right. That's my dad. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I can run over there and you know feed pigs if you want me to That's for right. a while, get a little bit of pleasure from this world, but right. eventually. That's just, that's going to go away. Well, that's exactly what the disciples said. Like, where are we going to go? Gonna, you have the words of go. eternal life. Exactly. Exactly, right? This, so, um, this so, may not make sense right now. Well, well, right, yeah, right now it but, doesn't make sense. But where, but it will. where are we going to go? It will. Amen. And so we start with just simple Bible study, yeah. right? So we're talking yeah. about the inward man, quiet Open up time. the Word of God. Open up the Word of God, Bible study. And here, okay, so um, young guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you're, you're going to tell them, and I know you are. Okay. Um, you're going to tell them that they need to be discipled. Yes. And so this isn't a process that we want people to walk through by themselves. No. Because it helps to have, right, an older Correct. mentor. Right. Correct. But let's let's just say a young guy doesn't have somebody mm-hmm. who's mentoring him right now, discipling okay. him right yeah. now. Um I would say start with just opening up the word of God and, yeah. and let the word of God pour over you yes. right, and draw you close to him. Yes. Uh, well, I would say two things. I would say, one, get in the word of God. Yep. And two, ask your pastor for somebody that'll meet Excellent. with you. Yes. Because there's something beautiful about community. We're not meant to be Rambos and nope. do this life on our nope. own. And so um, I would say get in the word of God and ask your pastor or some man you trust at the church. Yeah. For a mentor, um, and I have some cool stories about just some friends that how the Lord has pointed people in their directions that way, and so God answers that prayer. Yeah. He wants us to be discipled and to disciple. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, my spiritual parents in Austin, mm. um, the Currens, um, I've had him on the podcast okay. before, and he's kind of told the story. But that, that was the same thing as Trish wow. and I were down there. Um, I was looking for somebody to do our premarital counseling, yeah. and um, the people that the church gave me, I, you know, I was like, eh, nah, nah. but yeah. I saw this one couple that were just on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Right? And I approached them and I said, hey, would you do our premarital counseling? Uh, awesome. And they had never done it before. And yeah. they prayed about it and came back and they said, hey, if we're going to do it, right, like we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and they have done so much counseling with so many people. We were the, awesome. we were the first the couple. The guinea pigs. Right? Yeah, the guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like every time we go down, you know, to Austin and get refreshed with our time with them. Great. But it's that, it's that thing is like God wants you to be connected yes, with other people in the body yes. of Christ. Titus yes. 2, right? The yeah. older men John should, be, 17, should the be discipling the younger men. Right. Older women should be discipling the that's younger right. women. So that, that's a great place. Go to the church, right? Find somebody say, hey. 
give me a list of guys' names who are discipling and training up younger men because I need right. somebody. That's right. Awesome. That's place. right. And then our job is to train the men to make disciples. You so, you know, it's the. That's, the well, that's what kingdom yeah. focused coaching is all about. It is. It is. Um, so, we've got the inward man, question one. Yep. Question two is uh, prayer. And it, it's interesting because I word the questions in a way. I was in sales. Uh-huh. So you kind of elicit different thoughts and emotions the way you ask questions, Amen. right? So in prayer, I say, what has the Holy Spirit been saying to you in your time with him this week? Mm-hmm. So what have I just assumed? They, One, time they, they've had time with him. <laughs> they know how to hear from the Lord because he yeah. says we'll know his voice. Yep. Um, and so there's there's these assumptions built in. Um, but pr- and, then I, and we define prayer too. So um, And we can get to that in the beginning of the survey I'll share with you. But at the end of the day, if I define prayer as just talking to God, well, that's one-dimensional. Yep. But if I define prayer as listening to God, and then I define prayer as communing with God, now we've got a threefold picture of the Scriptures. And so uh, each of the spiritual disciplines are way deeper than the tagline Amen. of the question. Amen. Question three is journaling. I think that um, the Bible really is God's journal to mankind. Totally. God has perfect memory. He doesn't need any to write anything down, and yet he has books and scrolls in heaven, right? Um, the book of life. I mean, so we see this biblical picture mm-hmm. of, of a journal, so to speak. Um, I love it. I think it's in Deuteronomy when he says, okay, you shouldn't have a king, but if you're going to have a king, don't do this, this, or this. Uh, but one of the things he says to do is for them to write, write, down, down, the, the write down the scriptures. In their own handwriting. In their own handwriting, approved by the Levitical priest, right. so that they can have it with them. And so journaling is... The and, f- and the crazy thing is they did it. Yes. Right? Well, yeah. And, you know, how many kings didn't walk with the Lord, sure. right? Um, but it, it's so amazing to think that, I mean, you're the king of Israel, and that's literally the only requirement. Well, one, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't go back to Egypt and get right. horses. Don't yeah. make everything gold, right? right. And don't marry don't a bunch, marry of, bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. There's a few others, right? So, so, Solomon's like, oh, for three. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I mean, that's a crazy thing. It's just, yeah, you need to be writing down that's the right. words of the Lord. So your, your right. concept from a journaling perspective is, is you're writing down what the Lord is doing, what the Lord is telling you, right? And in the sense of the word of the Lord, as you hear it, as you experience it, as you're living it out, yes. write it down. 100%. Cool. And, and it allows you to think through mm-hmm. and capture yep. what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, not only for you, but for those you're going to disciple. There you go. Because at this point in my life, I'm getting old, so my memory's probably not as good, but I've forgotten more answers to prayer Amen. than yeah. <laughs> I, I used to you know, think I would ever get. Yeah. And so the importance of going back, you know, it's the Ebenezer Stone. Yep. You know, thus far the Lord has helped me. I don't want to forget this. And so that's Part that, one. Kind of, that's so yeah. cool because one of the one of the, my favorite things about the Old Testament um, is how it's kind of like the physical picture of the spiritual mm-hmm. reality, yeah. and how God does these things because He knows how we are created and yes. made. And stones of remembrance yes. are so important. Yes, right. So you know, as as uh, um, you know, Josh was walking out. Right, he's like, "Hey, grab a stone from the river, put it here." And That's when right. people say, "Hey, what are those stones about?" You can tell them the story mm-hmm. of what God did, and it's just yes. like. How many stones of remembrance do we have? How many things can we look back on in our life and say, oh, this is when God did this, and this is when God did this, oh, and this is when God did this? And the the crazy thing is a lot of people try to avoid difficult situations, pain, suffering, hardship. But if you need a God to come in, right, to help you, it's usually going to be in a time of suffering and difficulty. Yes. Right, so if, if if everything's going great and you've got it all managed and under control, right. then you don't have any stones right. in remembrance. You don't quote unquote need God right. so in in your flesh, right? right? Right, yeah, yeah. But God's just like, hey, here's the deal. The greatest thing is for you to be connected to me, and I'm going to allow, 
right? Yeah. The, the fallenness of the world and your own stupidity to put you in situations where I can come in and I can rescue That's you, right. which is an amazing thing. I, I know some people, you know, don't like, I, I remember somebody was, was saying about how um, they, they considered themselves an atheist, right? Sure. And they were telling a story about how, you know, Christianity is like a guy sitting next to the, you know, ocean and a guy runs by him and says, hey, I'm going to save you. And he jumps into the ocean and he, you know, he's flinging around and he dies. And mm. he's like, I don't need saving. And I'm like, mm. well, that's great if that's really the story, if you're sitting by the ocean and you're not sinking. But right, the reality is, is you're not. You're, you're, not. you're out in the middle of the ocean that's and right. you are sinking. That's right. So We're now, all dying. Right. We're so, all right. So yeah. now what are you going to do? Right. Right. And yeah. so now that you've got a God who says, hey, listen, I see you and I've sent somebody to save you. Yeah. That's, an, that's a much different picture Right of of our concept of understanding what it means to need God, one hundred percent, and is part of the reason why I named my ministry Kingdom Focus Coaching. Because mm-hmm. when you span things out into eternity, I think it was Mother Teresa said the worst suffering on Earth will be like one bad night in an inconvenient hotel yeah. when we're a million years from yeah. now. Right? Yeah. True. And true. So I, I've got another. There's a little tangent for you, but have you ever heard of a guy named Carl Bredel? Um, so. He did. Uh, he went to a museum in um, Jerusalem. And they had these uh, sticks, basically Moses' walking sticks, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they were all, like, shorter. So he was like, huh, I wonder what this is. And he asked the uh, museum director, he said, what are these? And uh, they said, uh, they are rods of remembrance. And every child at 12 years old, they make, create, or they have them create a walking stick. And they etch on it the things that God has done in their lives. Oh, wow. And so they're called rods of remembrance. Yeah. Carry and that with you. Carry that with go. you. And so there, there is some scholarship out there that maybe when Moses was holding up his staff at the Red Sea that he was looking at no. what God had done in his life on the staff wow. because it was a rod of remembrance, right? And mm. so essentially that's what journaling does. Yeah. It allows us to remember and it allows us to tell the stories yeah. of you know, our lives, and, and again, go back to being discipled by, you know, men that are dead, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids will know the stories of God showing up in my life, yeah. and so yeah. so that's step one. Uh, step two, and we do this typically in about an hour, but uh, is the outward man. So if, if quiet time is the first three, we move into community because it's outward focused, right? So community allows me to start talking about church, are they plugged yep. into a local yep. body? Yep. Are they using their gifts inside of a local body? Amen. And so the two questions there are uh, serving other people, essentially who have you served this week and what impact did it have on them, which you might not know, or you, you will know. So who have you served or how have you loved your neighbor this week? Yep. And then who have you shared your faith with? Mm. Now, I I give people kind of an easy button, okay? I define sharing the gospel just to make it easy. Witnessing is the nonverbal proclamation of the gospel. So they can wear a Jesus t-shirt, they can wear a cross, they can post something on maybe social media or use tracks. But evangelism is the audible proclamation of sharing the gospel. Now, in fullness, I don't think you can really share the gospel without the audible proclamation. It is a message to proclaim. And of course, we know that St. Francis of Assisi, that whole thing is just not true. (laughs) Right? Like, you can't preach. It's like playing... Trying to preach the gospel without words is like trying to play charades and getting somebody to guess Albert Einstein that's never heard of science. You know, I mean, like, it's just not going to happen. But I do break those down into witnessing and evangelism to help people move in the direction of being a light for Christ, right? So with those five questions, call it the five disciplines of discipleship, Mm -hmm. um, those are going to cover 
you know, 80, 90, maybe even 100% of what it means to walk with Christ in an intimate way yep. to understand how to grow in Him. And so uh, the, the three-part process of my discipleship training is know, grow, and go. So those are the five questions in the grow section. Uh, and then, the, I mean, if you want me to, or I can do it later, the, the go and the yeah, um, no. The- so if you look at, I'll start with no. So know where you are in your walk with Christ. There you go. Um, if you look at First John, you look at uh, Paul when he says, hey, before you take communion, mm. make sure that you're a believer. Make sure that you know that you love Jesus. And so in that, um, what I do is I have a spiritual survey. And I take these five disciplines, and I break it down on a scale from 1 to 10, and I say two things. Give me your confidence level and your ability to um, apply the spiritual discipline in your life. Mm-hmm. So what's your confidence uh, level and your ability to pray? Well, you might get all different numbers there. We'll define prayer for them. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they cannot give me a 10 until they can teach it, right? So now I know where we're at on the scale of being able to make a disciple. Totally. The second part is your consistency of practicing the discipline. There you go. So now what we're seeing is a heart check. Uh, I think it was Ian Bounds that said, um, you know the, the importance we put on prayer is evidenced by the amount of time we put towards it. Well, it's the same thing with our love for Christ. How much time are we putting in developing our relationship with him? So I use those same five disciplines and we ask the confidence in your ability to do it and your consistency of doing it. Mm -hmm. And it helps us get a gauge of where we are in our walk with Christ. Well, now I know where we are and where we're going towards. Now go back to the directed discovery. Instead of seeing their lowest number and go, Dan, you know, you were a two on talking to God. Um, I'm going to say, hey, where do you want to work on? Like, what of these do you want to work on first? And we'll let the Holy Spirit tell us, oh, well, it might be a number seven on Bible reading. So now I'm giving them the autonomy to to formulate their own discipleship process within a framework. But you're also giving them the evidence of their own evaluation. Yes. So when they see the two and they don't want to work on it, yes. now you're allowing the Holy Spirit to say, hey, we got some twos. Yeah, we got some work <laughs> I, to do. Hey, I, I know you got to seven over here and you want to work on right. it, right? But I got a two over here. Yeah. But let's start over. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's 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 the great thing. And then from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. that's one of the great things is, um, you know, if, if you know, you got a guy who can't dribble with his left hand, you're like, hey, let's work on this. Well, but, but I'm not good at it. I don't want to work on it. It's like, okay, here's the deal. Go out and play for a while. Right. Find out that, you know, they're going to take away your right, and eventually you'll come back and say, okay. It's I need to work, work on my left yeah, hand. Right. But, but, but if, you, if you're not the one who wants to work on it, Correct. then you're not going to put the effort Correct. in. I'm, I'm a country boy, so my dad would say, son, you can't push a rope. Yep. Right, yep. and so in this Amen. discipleship process, I don't want to push a rope. Yeah, right, uphill, U- uphill. Right? <laughs> Although, I do, uh, I do have another country saying. You know, you've heard the uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yes. What I try to say, as far as coaching is concerned, is yes, but I can salt the oats and walk them on a hot day. <laughs> Right? So I can motivate them yeah. towards oh, the water. You, oh, right? Are you thirsty now? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, here's some water. <laughs> so, And sometimes in discipleship, that's the goal. That's it. We, it we have to do that. Yes. So essentially, we've got know where you are in your walk with Christ. Perfect. Grow in Him. Yep. And then the third one, um, really, if you want to be an aspiring Sunday school teacher or preacher or anything, these four questions can, can help you with any topic. Now, this isn't how to exegete Scripture, but this is a topic, okay? Yeah. Okay. So what we do is in the go... We want to make sure that they can teach this stuff. So what we're going to say is, what is it? So define it. So what is prayer? Why is it important? So they're going to have to give me some biblical reasons on why prayer is important mm-hmm. uh, and some quotes and some you know good historical Jesus stuff. Um, 
why don't you do it? Mm. That's important as you go and make disciples, yep. because yep. why you don't do it will probably be why others don't, yep. right? And then how do you do it? So we have one-pagers for each of these things that they can duplicate. Uh, and then I have a, a fifth little part that is just resources and tools. Yeah. So you might have a YouTube video from like, there's one on prayer by John Piper I love that's four minutes. You might have a favorite, you, you love to read, so you might have a favorite book. Well, Ian Bounds. Ian Bounds on is prayer. unbelievable. Oh, um, so good. Uh, I think it's Andrew Murray um, with Christ in the School of Prayer. I yes. mean, there's all these different oh, ones, right? Good. Yes. And so the go part is... Yep. What is it? Why is it important? Why don't you do it? How do you do it? And and essentially, if you can answer all of those. Yep. Uh, now, I will tell you this. I do add in the leadership section before they go, um, we talk about sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. We talk about what a disciple is and discipleship. So those are kind of three leadership things. But once you have sound doctrine, disciple, discipleship, and the five disciplines, yep. you now have everything you need to go and make a disciple. So my goal has been to take what Mike Fetchner taught me, which I could not duplicate. You you can't duplicate Mike Fetchner, no. right? Yeah, totally. And, and I wanted to make discipleship easy to learn, yeah. hard to forget, yeah. and duplicatable. Yeah. And so that's what these little journals are. Of course, I've got a book that it'll be out in the next probably six months or a year. But, uh, but that's a supplement. I also wanted to produce these journals so that any denomination, any body of Christ right. can go, you know what, this is the essential... Um, the, the essential tools for what we need to walk with Christ. Yeah. So whether they use my book or not, that's irrelevant. Like, I just want them to be able to do these things. And my goal, too, is once they're done with this little journal, it's like 36 pages, then they'll be able to take their own journey and take somebody through it. Amen. And so— Go, um, make, go make disciples. Go make disciples, right? And and a couple things I would say there, uh, I challenge uh, guys all the time, but— um, in Thessalonians, he says, what is my joy? What is my crown of boasting on judgment day? And Paul says, is it not you? Mm. So he's pointing to the church, the very one he had poured into. And, and as he said, he strives with all of Christ's energy in him to help people become mature in Christ. Yep. And so I ask men all the time, I'll say, hey, who is your crown of joy of boasting before the Lord? Yeah. If you don't have anybody <laughs> to boast before Christ on judgment day that you've discipled, then you're missing the boat. And uh, of course, we know well, not not yeah. not only are you missing the boat, but so are they. So are they, a hundred percent. So are those. So are those people that have the things that have been poured into you. If you're yes. not pouring them into others, right? The, yes. The, the, you know, the, the height of hypocrisy and selfishness is yes. to have a gift be given to you and you not become a gift giver. And you not use it, right? Yep. Like you, yes. And you know this. You learn something. What, what do they say? When you teach something, you learn right. it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Right? So it's this idea that you're going to become a better disciple Amen. when you're making disciples. And, and let me think here. I think it was Francis Chan. He said, if you really want to experience God, go and make disciples. Yep. So true. And, and lastly, I would just say, too, that um, in the Great Commission, Matthew 18, when Jesus tells the disciples to go and make disciples, if you think about the timing— this is the last thing that Jesus tells his disciples before ascending into heaven. Yeah. So he'd already rose from the dead. So um, before he goes back to heaven. Now, if you got to spend your time with your grandma or your grandpa before they passed or any loved one, you know. Last words. The last words. Kind of important. Are often the most important <laughs> words. Kind of important. And so Jesus' last words. And, yeah. and Hudson Taylor said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Yep. And when we look at following the commands of Christ, we often just forget. We, we, we go back to the, like, the don't, don't do this, that, and the other, but when we forget about the do, 
And he says, go and make disciples. And so, um, anyway, that's the But that, that's process. when he says, go make disciples, right? And then he says, teach them. Teach them. Everything teach I Teach them to obey. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, go, I mean, yeah, go back to Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. Yes. Right? And, I, and I've given you some great instructions, right? right? So so go share those with go people, and do right? Don't, don't right. just. And, and, and the cool thing is, you know, not just you living it out for yourself. Right. But you see so many people that you know that it's like, you know what? If they had a personal relationship with God yes. through Jesus Christ and they had the uh, the fruit of the spirit that can come in. Right? Yes. What, what an incredible gift to give to somebody. Oh, man. Now, I, I'm not the gift giver. Right. But I want to be able to communicate about the gift that's been given to me. Correct. And, and so, you, you can help refine that gift and you can help build that gift. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, and, and that's important because yeah. I, I think we have so many people in the church that are content with showing up. Uh, they might be content with parking cars and, you know, greeting or whatever, and that's great. But we have, I think it was David McKinley, who you'll remember, a pastor mm-hmm. here, one of my favorites. Um, but he wrote a book, and, and I. To be fair, I haven't even read the whole book, but the title stuck out to me so so much. We have one life not to live, but one life to give. Amen. And yep. Jesus is waiting for us. In fact, I wear this wristband. It says, well done is greater than a welcome home. Because I think most of us just want to make it to heaven. Of course, Christ did that for us. We don't do yeah, any. It's a free totally. gift. Yes. But then he says, what are you going to do with the gift I gave you? And, and will we be able to stand before Christ and hear him say, well done? Yep. Or will he just say, hey, like First Corinthians 3, come on in. You smell like smoke. Everything you work for, burn away, right? Welcome home. And I want to live my life for the well done. Oh, I like that. You know? Like so, and, and again, just clarity, it's, it's not earning salvation. We're talking no, about no. after salvation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is could, important. Could, couldn't earn it. Trust can't me. earn it. Can't, nothing can't, we can do. Nothing we can do can right. match up to the price that Christ paid on Amen. the cross. So don't, don't even try that. Amen. Right? But it doesn't mean, right, that, um, who was it? It doesn't mean that God... Um, you know your works, your good works, yes. right, are not there um, to earn, right? But the the effort that you put in, right, to grow the kingdom, yes, right. God's all for that, yeah, right. And, and the fact that He uses us to do the the ministry of the gospel is right. amazing. Well, I think you quoted Titus, and and he said he says in there that Christ died and rose again to create a people zealous yes. for good works. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's like five times he says, go do good works, go, go do good yeah, works, right. be zealous about good works. And right. So, but that's the amazing thing. I mean, you've, you've been there, right, yeah. when a person's moved from darkness to light. Yes, 100%. And it's, can I tell you, it's, it's like, amazing. is there anything else that has that? I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing I'd rather else. do. No. I, you, you could put me courtside at a Mavs game, Super Bowl. In fact, I told a friend this this weekend. So we got to baptize three guys. We had uh, another come to Christ in yep. our men's retreat. Yep. And I looked over to my friend Daniel. And, and I said, is there anything you'd rather be doing right now? Yeah. And nothing. There's yeah. nothing I'd rather be doing than being front row with God changing the hearts and lives of men and women for the yeah. glory of God. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. It's so, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. Trog, thanks for your time. Thanks you for bet. a couple of weeks of discussion about your ministry, about kingdom-focused coaching, and about the materials that you're presenting. Um, and and I, I love this. And I'll say this because not everybody knows you. Um, but the, but the reality is is I know that this is not about you, right? This this is you're an instrument 100%. in the hands, right, of the of the master, right, who, right, who's playing a beautiful song through your life. So I'm just going to tell you, thank you for letting him do it. Thank you for letting him use you for his glory, um, and thanks for just being faithful and and just you know taking what he's given you and putting it together so that guys can be blessed through this. Awesome. Appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable. Make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. 
That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.